Hey guys, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Today is actually going to be a solo episode because I have some things I wanted to, to talk to you about podcast. just me to you. Do you have a homestead farm or do you uh, dream So of I took a break life? last week. I don't know if you guys you noticed. I kids, hope you did. Food but <laughs> I'm um, it Cody was Hannon. because I'm a after all of my traveling lately, I decided I was that I wanted to take a week off and just spend it with my family. And it was a really great week. We got a lot done around the homestead. Join me every week. I did some burning. I did a YouTube video on that. I'm starting to spend a little more time over on YouTube. So if you get a chance, pop on over there and give me a subscribe and check out some of my videos. You can also catch all of my podcasts on YouTube as well. So that would just be youtube.com forward slash at homestead education to check that out. So today I am here to talk to you about homestead businesses. Now, as you guys know, I have a homestead um, here in North Idaho that is pretty uh, successful. It uh, handles it, uh, you know, financially pays for itself every year, uh, creates an income for us and allows us to be able to give back to our community. And so that was really our goal with our homestead. Um, it started really just to be able to give our kids, uh, their 4-H animals and for us to be able to provide a little extra for ourselves as we grew. Um, our main focus was just being able to fill a need in our community. So we're really happy with where our homestead has gone. But we also started our own homestead business, which is the Homestead Education. That's the podcast you're listening to. And also the website and YouTube channel that has been able to provide a lot of education to homeschoolers and adults alike. So that's been, you know, that falls into the online business category, but it's based on homesteading. So I definitely still consider it a homestead business because the nature of the modern homestead movement is not just about farming, it's about self sufficiency. And, you know, a lot of people use their gift for education in um, this self sufficient movement. So there's a lot of basically, you know, a homestead business is different than a regular business because of the nature of our products, the nature of this modern homestead movement, and the nature of our climate today, or, you know, our political climate and our sociological climate, which is that, you know, we all want, a lot of us want to be able to work from home and be with our families and work our land and be self-sufficient. And that includes online businesses a lot of the times and being able to sell products off our farm and being able to uh, be creative with those. So in talking about homestead businesses, you know, I really, like I just said, you know, our, our, the nature of our products are different. Um, When you look at other business guidance online, uh, it's just not geared towards what we're selling. I mean, there's coaching businesses and marketing businesses and accounting businesses and, you know, all these different routes that you can take when you're researching how to do an online business um, online or to do any type of business online. But none of them are geared towards our unique set of products, which is mainly like food, fiber, uh, you know, physical labor and education. We also run into our suppliers are different. So, you know, even people who are doing a lot of crafts and stuff, there's suggestions out there online for, you know, getting cheap papers for offices and, you know, supply, 
you know, distributors for the products that we need. But it's, there's nothing out there for talking about how to get our animal feed, how to uh, get all of the food service packaging that we need. And a lot of times we want it to be more biodegradable because of the, you know, the nature of homesteading and that we're wanting to protect our land. So, and, you know, we can't afford to go through commercial uh, distributors as well sometimes because we just don't have the money to buy that kind of stock. So, because there's differences there with our suppliers, our regulations are very different. Uh, One of those, I mean, just anything that we do with food is going to be different than most other businesses. And that makes it where you have to work with your health departments, your agriculture departments, your food departments, and every state is a little different. And so you need to make sure you know all those laws. I mean, you could have a product that you sell completely freely in Idaho, and then you decide to move or you want to sell it online, and it's not legal in other states. Whereas, you know, like I write books, I can sell my books in every state. I might have some regulations as far as taxes and stuff. But that's generally the same across the board. It's a retail product. And I can look up my laws fairly easily. It's a little harder to look up our laws when we're looking at food products and agricultural type products. Um, Another one is that we have a lot of our businesses online. Uh, Even if it's just a small website to be able to sell locally, we run into some of those same regulation problems that if you're selling pork, even locally, you can't sell that across state lines, but then your website is technically accessible in the whole world. And I mean, there's just such a ton of information out there that it's really hard to differentiate what is okay for our endeavors. And that can be, it's just, it's really frustrating when you're starting a new business. So, you know, I kind of mentioned what our two businesses are. Uh, But our homestead business, what we mainly focus on is pork. We sell piglets, whole hog, half hog, and retail pork cuts. Uh, And, you know, we do that all locally. We have local customers. We have a wait list. Uh, We don't sell out of state. If we do sell live piglets out of state, we do have to go through um, our vet and there's some regulations there that we have to follow to be able to have our animals cross state lines. Now, moving forward, we would actually like to start butchering here on our property. We would not have a USDA plant, which means that we would not be able to sell retail cuts. What we would be looking at having is something called a custom butcher shop, which would make it where we're basically butchering animals for someone else. So even if they buy one of our animals, at that point, we are butchering their animal because they bought an animal from us. But having a custom uh, butcher shop, we would also be able to take in people's uh, wild game, like if they go deer hunting and want to have their meat packaged, they could bring it here to us. So that's one of the endeavors that we have this year. Uh, And, you know, we hope to keep growing both our physical homestead business and our online business um, using the skills that I have gained in my years of experience in business. So the reason I started my uh, online business, the homestead education, was basically I forgot to keep growing. And for those of you who have been listening for any amount of time, that is the theme of my podcast is growing your own food and growing as a person. And 
I asked every I ask every single guest that I have on, what does keep growing mean to them? Because I mean, it just blows my mind that it's different for everybody. And that's a really exciting uh, conversation to have each time. For me, it was um, I went through a really bad um, stint of postpartum depression with my three year old. Uh, about a year after he was born, I was just beside myself. I didn't have the support that I needed. Um, you know, my husband and kids are great, but they just didn't understand what I was going through. And so I, you know, things went pretty dark for me. And when I started to come out of it, or maybe I hit bottom and then I started coming out of it, I'm not sure. But I knew that I needed to make some changes for myself. And so that was, I decided to start growing the website that I'd already previously started, the Homemade Revelation, which I'm now Homestead Education. Homemade Revelation was all about focusing on my husband's liver disease and how we had changed our eating habits for that. And, you know, of course, we that included our homestead. But I just realized that with my experience and where I had gotten my degree, which, you know, I it was an ag degree in animal science. And I spent several years working in food plants. And my job was actually to write curriculum to about an eighth grade reading level to teach the plant workers about food safety. And I realized that I just I loved teaching on these topics, knowing how much I love agriculture and how I can see it in so many different ways, and that I knew I could sit down and write it to a grammar, you know, to a junior high level, and I could also write it to, um, you know, advanced corporate levels as well, that there was something I could do with this to help other people. So I, um, you know, like I said, I'd worked in commercial ag for years. This was after in college, I was on an award winning food marketing team. I mean, I just really food, agriculture and business and education. I mean, for me was just all one thing. But I knew that starting an online business, even with my business degrees and my business experience, I had not worked in this online business realm before. Besides my small website that I'd had for a few years that was definitely small, it wasn't thriving. I'd actually even taken some time off because it wasn't the right thing for me at the time. So I spent a year taking courses, joining online memberships, reading everything I could find on businesses or on online business, on being an entrepreneur, on being a manager. I... You know, like I said, I took all the courses, I tried different things. um, And I did things that didn't cost me a lot of money, because I already had my website going. And so, you know, it was bringing in just enough money to cover my website costs every month. So I just set myself a monthly budget um, that I knew was going to be working towards a business, but I call it just kind of my fun money every month. And I use that to take courses and to buy books every month. And so if there was a more expensive course I wanted, I didn't buy for a couple months. Or I made sure I ordered my books off of like Abe Abe books, that's abe.com books. Um, I'll link that in the show notes, actually. Um, They it's a used but online used bookstore that connects with small bookstores to allow them to sell online. And I mean, you can get books for just pennies on the dollar, which is really amazing. 
And so, I mean, I just basically created, I mean, almost like an online business degree for myself by following every podcaster I could find and every course I could find that I could afford. And I did my research to make sure that I was hitting each of the topics like regulations, online marketing, uh, blogging, podcasting, um, business regulations. I don't know if I already said that. Um, So that I made sure that I was getting a good mixture of everything I needed to do, not just one aspect of it. Um, as my business began to grow, which, you know, I kind of relaunched it almost two years ago now over the first year it did well, I was able to create enough of an income that I was able to focus really heavily on writing my next set of books. Um, over the last year, it has just blown up. And I'm on the road a lot. I'm traveling to homestead conventions, homeschool conventions. Oh, God, I just I love it. I light up every time I'm at these. And so something that I have found just talking to people and like I mentioned it a little bit ago is people want to be home with their families, but they don't know where where to start. They don't know what to monetize on their farms and what regulations they need to follow to make sure that they aren't looking at fines or um, costing themselves more money. And honestly, the biggest mistake that I see people doing is spending too much to get started and not bringing in enough income from diversification. And so what I mean by that is I'm just going to use plants as an example, because that's just a real easy one is they're going to they decide they're going to sell plant starts. So they go down to the hardware store and they get seed starting trays and soil and seeds and all the supplies that they need to be able to sell plants. And they're paying retail for everything. I mean, you know, a little pack of seed starting cups. I mean, they're paying a dollar a piece for them. I mean, if you're looking at selling hundreds of plants, you're looking at spending hundreds of dollars just in your seed starting cups. And I mean, even when people start saying, well, you know, you can use like red solo cups and stuff. Guess what? I think they sometimes even cost more than if you buy your seed starting pots from an online um, warehouse. I use Greenhouse Megastore. I can get 800 pots for $63. I don't remember what that works out to, but I mean, it is like, I don't know, four cents a pot or something like that. And then the next piece that I see people doing is they don't diversify enough. So they spend way too much money at the hardware store, and then they're only going to sell seed starts. And so they're not making any money until their seed starts are ready. And if they don't sell all their seed starts, then they're just done for the year. And I've had years where I've sold thousands of seed starts, and I've had years where I've sold like seven. So there needs to be some diversification in there as to what you're selling. So one thing I do is um, when I'm having a lot of people coming onto the farm, I I don't do this every year, but if I can afford it, I buy some of my seeds in bulk, in bulk packaging, and then I resell them on my farm store. There are some states have laws about selling seeds, so you want to check that, but um, my state doesn't. And so I resell them on my, at my farm store. So right there, I'm pretty much paying for my seeds and a lot of times also my supplies to Uh, start my seedlings. Then I start my seedlings. 
And, you know, within six to eight weeks, I have beautiful plants that are ready to go. And I sell those. But while I'm selling those, I'm also talking to people about what they can do with the produce. And then on top of that, anything I don't sell, I I get in my garden. I don't even care if there's room for it. I throw an extra pot out there. I've even just planted things on the side of a hill where none of my other animals can get to them. I did squash that way one year. And I had so much yellow squash. I mean, it was literally coming out of my ears. And I was able to feed that to my pigs like all the rest of the fall and really cut back on my feed costs, especially for my maintenance sows that like didn't need as much of a high protein feed. So, I mean, that was a really, I didn't make physical cash, but that was a non-monetary income for me, which made it where my feed costs were cut in half with basically a free product. Um, Another thing with that is, say you have all of those squash, but you don't have pigs, you might be able to sell them to a neighbor or trade to a neighbor for pork products. You know, I mean, they get 500 pounds of squash from you. You could probably expect to get, I don't know, 100 pounds of meat back. Like, I mean, don't quote me on that one because it means something different to everybody, to everybody. But or maybe you trade for honey or something. And I mean, that's just it's all those non-monetary incomes that you're making money even when you're not having cash in hand. So, you know, don't disregard all those and don't pay retail for your supplies if you can get away with it, because that is, that's where you're just going to not make money. Um, I offer a lot of this stuff on my website too, but I'm going to move forward for a moment. Um, I want to give you guys some actionable steps for starting a homestead business like right away. So first of all, you want to pick a goal. Your goal is not just your product, but it's also how much you want to make from your product. So, I mean, if you want to be a tomato farmer, but you only have a backyard garden, that may not be a realistic goal unless you're just looking to continue like selective breeding your plants and you want a really close eye on them in your greenhouse and you want to maybe create a tomato that has a longer growing season or something and sell that product. That might be a few year project, but you only need your small greenhouse for it. But if you're wanting to grow enough tomatoes to can for your own specialty sauce that you're going to sell, you may want to look at, you know, needing to plant several acres. Now on the flip side, If you're like, hey, I just want to be able to raise my own pigs, but um, I don't want to have to put any costs into it. That's where you look at maybe raising two more pigs, you know, have a buyer in advance, have them do a deposit. You use that deposit to pay for your feed for the year, or at least a good chunk of the feed. And at the end of the year, they buy their pig from you. And that covers all of your costs and you have free meat in your freezer. So, I mean, it just really, like I said, you need to decide what your product is and also what you want out of that product. Are you looking for non-monetary incomes or are you looking to support your family? Uh, Next, you need to figure out how to invest. Um, You may already have the money there. You may, like how I just suggested, having somebody put a deposit down on, you know, hogs at the beginning of the year. Um, We've done that before where people paid us in advance to bring hogs, 
into the area um, from like piglets out from out of the area that for them to raise out. They paid us a little bit more for bringing them in and we used those extra costs to cover our feed costs for the year. Um, <clears throat> another option is everything is sellable. So um, <clears throat> on your property, I mean, even, you know, it's springtime right now when I'm doing this, there's not a lot that is ready to go. But I mean, if you live in an area where you can have a spring garden, you might have vegetables really soon that you could start selling. Um, people like to forage, you know, charge people to come on your property and forage as long as you feel comfortable having people on your property. You know, something even as simple as dandelions. Um, even though dandelions aren't worth a lot, people might be willing to do that to have a safe place to bring their kids to learn to forage or something. Um, I mean, there's that place where you just want to be a good neighbor as well. So you don't want to be charging for everything that you could possibly be giving out. But when you're really trying to make some money, you can spend, you know, a season selling everything that you can off your land. I mean, I'm not selling, talking selling your stuff unless you're really wanting to invest in something and you want to sell, you know, a painting or something to be able to afford to invest in something. I mean, that totally makes sense. You've made that choice. But what I am saying is everything can be sellable. And also another one is just because you want to be a pig farmer doesn't mean that you can't start making your money selling eggs because it costs a lot of money to get started with pigs. But you can sell enough eggs to possibly afford your first piglet. So, I mean, those are all considerations. That doesn't mean you have to be an egg farmer forever. Um, next is you want to start today. And you want to start, like, marketing early. So, like I said, first of all, you know, sell whatever you can, market whatever you can, because you can start making money on your homestead tomorrow. There's something out there you can be making money off of. You could be selling firewood. Um, even if you don't have wood on your property, it's the time of year you can get permits and go to public land, cut the wood, bring it back to your property, and cut it and sell it. So, I mean, there's always, always options for cash flow. Now, when you do have a product that you've decided on, you want to start marketing that right away. You want to market it before you even have a product ready. Now, I mean, you don't want to market it before you have a product in the works because that could really mess you up. But if you have flowers planted in the ground and you're going to sell bouquets, you want to start showing people what kind of bouquets you're going to make this year. Let them know where they can buy the, your bouquets. Um, let them know where they can buy your seed at the end of the year. Like, have them excited. Have them invested. Post beautiful pictures online. Uh, put up a flyer downtown. Maybe you try to find a bride that, you know, doesn't have a large budget and wants somebody to do her flowers and... Uh, this is your first year, so you can, you know, just take whatever she can afford and do her flowers for her in trade for beautiful pictures um, or, you know, a little bit of whatever she can afford in beautiful pictures and use those pictures to market yourself. I mean, just start marketing right away. 
Although the next thing is before you sell anything, make sure that you have the right regulations in place because that can end up costing you a lot in fines. So make sure that you have your tax permits. Make sure that you have a business license if it's required in your state or county. Um, if it's a food, make sure that you have your correct food permits, whether that's a cottage food, raw milk, eggs, and if you need a certified or commercial kitchen. And also make sure you have the right insurance that you need. Um, especially if you're going to have people coming onto your property, you need insurance for that. Uh, next one, you know, we've already talked about not paying retail, but did you also know that you can be exempt from paying taxes on products that you either plan to resell or that you're going to use to manufacture another product that you will sell? So if you're wanting to make jam, you can buy all of your jars tax-free, then make your jam and then sell your product if you have to charge taxes on food in your state. But I mean, why pay taxes on something that you're going to turn around and charge taxes on or that you're exempt from paying taxes on in your state? So and that's actually a really simple process. Um, I find it to be somewhat cumbersome, but it's still simple and it's usually free. Um, so you go to whatever state, you know, say you're going to be ordering your uh, your jars from California. So you would go, once you have your tax permit for your state, you would go to the California um, resale or tax resale permit. You'd have to like Google it. And you, it's a form that you can either fill out online or print out and fill out. And then you email it to your supplier in California. From that point on, every time your supplier ships to you, they're going to ship it to you tax-free. Um, so I think the, these permits last in between one and four years. So I mean, definitely check that. But so that's how that works. You don't have to register with the state or anything. It's just something they have to have on file to not charge you taxes. So that if they ever get audited, they can show that they didn't charge you taxes because you were exempt. So I mean, that's a really, really awesome loophole. Um, or not even a loophole. I mean, it's just a law. Um, in most states, you m will need an EIN number to submit this form to your supplier. An EIN number is through, um, like the federal taxes, uh, the IRS. Wow, my brain just kind of shut down on that one. Um, it's through the IRS. It's free. Um, you just fill out a form and they send you an EIN number. It's an um, employment identification number, even if you don't plan on employing somebody. Um, it doesn't hurt to have it because, you know, it's, it's free and it helps you get some of these exemptions. Um, in order to have your tax permit, though, that's through each one of your states, that's through the Department of Revenue, and they sometimes cost about 100 bucks to get, but I mean, still not crazy. Now, I mentioned earlier that I have a mem or that I joined a lot of memberships when I was teaching myself how to start my business. And I'll tell you what, it was some of the best networking I have found. Um, there were so many resources that I needed. And, you know, sometimes these resources are hard to find out in the world when they're not written in plain English. And if you haven't been trained on technical writing, um, it can be absolutely ridiculous trying to figure out what some of these mean. And you end up going down these rabbit holes or you go down, you Google it and you end up going to a site that's a third party site that's going to charge you for filling out a form that would technically be free through your state. So make sure that you are 
um, researching these things properly. And like I said, the membership really helped me. But what I do have to say is if you're looking to get these, make sure you're using a .gov, .tax, you know, something like that site rather than um, a .com site, because that's usually a commercial site, not a government site. What I did have, oh, they're also tax write-offs. I mean, usually they're only, you know, 20 to $40 a month, but, you know, over the year, that's a few hundred dollars and it's a few hundred dollars well spent. And like I said, it's considered a tax write-off as a mem professional membership or professional education. One of the frustrations that I had in any of these types of business memberships was the shock factor in the forums and on Zoom calls. Whenever somebody hears that you are a homesteader, one, they either have a ton of questions. And I mean, I ended up sitting in these Zoom calls that I came to to learn how to set up my LLC, teaching on homesteading and ag rather than getting like the savvy business advice that I came there for. Or I have that, like I said, the shock factor where people are like, you kill pigs, you know, and it's, it's just not what I'm there to do. I I mean, I'm always willing to educate and I do enjoy that part. But a lot of times I go into these memberships specifically to learn how to do a certain thing or to obtain a certain skill or to get a certain uh, resource that is not just about me teaching people how to homestead. Um, so then I decided to try a homestead membership. And I actually really like that homestead membership. I have a good time there. Um, I get to educate when I want to educate. I get to learn when I want to learn. But it was not focused on homestead business owners at all. It's really focused on that beginning how to homesteading. Uh, you know, how to make cheese, how to can, those types of things that I've already been doing for quite some time. And I maybe just use those like, oh, I'm going to can today. Let me pop in and reread that uh, course that I'd read because there were some great comments that would give me some tips on making it more efficient. So I have enjoyed that. But what if I want to sell this canned stuff? And that's where the homestead memberships weren't really fitting what I needed. Um, it For those who are new to selling at a local level, or don't know how to work with like the old time farmers or how to source supplies rurally, um, the resources were often, you know, just for retail or for like small suppliers, because it's, you know, one person going down and buying one case of jars versus if you're a homestead business owner, you might need a pallet of jars. But if you go to a business site, they're, you know, everyone's pushing the online businesses and they're not going to teach you how to source, uh, you know, a pallet of jars at a reasonable price. So this actually led me to creating my own homestead business membership. And so far, I am absolutely loving it. And I am loving the people in the group because it is all like minded homestead business entrepreneurs. Um, in this course, I provide resources for homesteaders that help their small businesses. I help <clears throat> um, narrow down courses from other educators so that you're getting the best bang for your buck. You know, the kind of that 
you know, you want to start a microgreen business and you Google it and there's a hundred courses on microgreens that are all the way from free to $1,500. Like, which one do you choose? And, you know, so that's, I'm going to be adding new courses, not only from myself, but from other educators um, every month. I'm going to be using like my podcast connection to bring on a lot of really great guest educators that can just focus on what we need as homesteaders. So even like one of the gals that I'm going to be bringing on, she is going to talk about how to start a homestead business, but she also has a homestead. So she understands how we run our businesses and the challenges that we have. And also that we can't be sitting in front of a computer all day long when we need to be out milking the goats. So I'm also going to have a lot of courses that make sense for our grassroots initiatives and the hard work and ingenuity it takes to be a homesteader. Um, I also have this way of helping people that I can see what they need for their homesteads through, you know, conversation and when they're ready to start a business, like I can just um, pull information out of it that with my homestead business uh, coaching calls that I do, um, I just can't help as many people in the same amount of time. And so, I mean, that was another reason why I wanted to put this together. Um, another thing I can do is for people who already have businesses, I can help you make your business more efficient. So I, in telling you guys about my Homestead Business Membership, I do want to let you know that if you guys join this month, April of 2023, you will lock in your price for a full year, even though my prices will be going up in six months, because the information that will be in this library is going to be worth a ton. I mean, I'm adding stuff every single week. And so this is your chance to get in on the ground floor of this business membership. Um, If you're interested in checking it out, um, you can find it at courses.thehomesteadeducation.com. And I'll tell you what, guys, I cannot wait to see you there. Thank you for joining me today at The Homestead Education. And I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at The Homestead Education and Instagram at homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at thehomesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing!